We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into episode number four of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That's Tyler Siski. Welcome into the show here on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. We're going to talk uh, Tennessee got their sanctions. Yep. There's some new uh, NCAA transfer stuff that's about to pop. There's some talk about unlimited staffs. So I know you're going to talk about that a little bit. And then uh, today's a it's, a it's a great day. I mean, you ask, why is today such a great day? Because today's Big Ten Day, damn it. We're talking about the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I'm just telling you now, Iowa <laughs> wins the whole thing. I um, see you with your hat on over there. I see you coming, like, real slyly representing. I've got, I've got an Iowa hat. I've got an Iowa jersey. I've got a couple of Iowa T-shirts. You should have to wear the helmet this entire episode. Have you ever put it on? Oh, yeah, I've put it on. What do you got? That's a, that's a collector's helmet, huh? No, it fits on my head. Let's 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 see if it All fits. Right. You got to go full full strap too. Until we get done talking about Iowa, you should have to wear the helmet. I don't know that the strap actually buckles. But it's already buckled, so you get, you know how to put one of them things on. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I, I'm not going to do the strap because it's just too hard to talk. But there it is, <laughs> Hawkeyes, baby. Have you have you ever put that on before? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. We we drink in here, Tyler. <laughs> you That's never you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I got in trouble last week. My mom listened. She said I cussed too much. Well, so. as the as the caffeine kicked in, yeah, that that's that's one of your calling cards. Uh, all right. So today on uh, on the show, we're also gonna try some rain. This is uh, rain total body fuel. This is the orange dream sickle for me. Everything's new to me. I'm, the people at Rain know this. I think they're pleased. They are. That I'm an A, a new customer, and B, I'm, I'm like a t- taste test dummy. You've tried everything 406 yeah. times. I'm going with the white gummy bear. So I had, this is in my normal rotation, and uh, 
I like it. You've had, I think you had this the first week or second week. You've had this one. I think Gummy Bear was week two for me. Yeah, it's good stuff. I liked it. See what the McCready test uh, taste test goes. Okay, what say he? I'm an orange guy. Okay, I like orange stuff, and that tastes like. Uh, do you remember when we were kids? The orange push-up pops. Yeah, the, like the cream sickle yeah. things. Tastes like that. A little bit of orange sherbet. Okay. Um, orange soda at the beginning finishes with orange sherbet. Okay. It's very good. I like it. Here's my advice. I always keep it real. If you need to drive all night, rain is for you. If you need to have energy all day, it is for you. Uh, it's great product. It doesn't make you feel, at least me, it doesn't make me feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. It does not do that. It just makes you feel very alert. Now, I'm going to be honest. People at Rain won't, I don't think they'll mind this. No, they're good. If you're someone who caffeine late in the day keeps you up, <laughs> be careful. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't do that to me because caffeine does, I, but it's never done that. Caffeine, I could drink coffee yeah. five minutes before I go to bed. I'm a person that if I have a lot of caffeine after about 3 o'clock, I'm going to have a hard time going to bed before 11. So it's a good it's a good work day Saturday for you during the fall. Well, it is that. No, I mean, no joke. Like on a, I've already thought about this. On a Saturday where I've got an Ole Miss game that I'm covering that's like a 6 o'clock kickoff or later. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to take one of these with me, and about 4 o'clock this is going to be what it's going to get me through. You may win a Pulitzer Prize or something after you drink one of those things. Yeah, because I get – I mean, it's no – people people get mad when we when we do this. Um, sometimes when we cheer for early games, one of the reasons you cheer as a writer for the early game is because that way you're writing – look, if Ole Miss plays at 11, okay, Ole Miss, Ole Miss Kentucky, 11 a.m. Yep. Game's going to finish around 2.45. Media stuff's going to finish around 3.45, and right. I'm going to be writing until roughly 6. Okay, How interesting. I'm super fresh in that time of day. And that gives me time at 6 o'clock to unwind, come home or back to the hotel or whatever, you know, have a beer, have a bourbon, turn on the 6.30, 7 o'clock game, unwind a little bit, and go to bed at a reasonable hour because Sunday in our field is a big work day. It's 10 weekend thoughts. It's if somebody got injured, I'm calling people. I'm trying to find out what happened. I'm trying to update things. Right. A lot of times there were recruiting visits. You've got stuff going on. Sunday's a work day. And so you, the, what you hate as a writer is the 630 kick. And I know fans love it. Because you get to drink all day, you go to the game, and it's woo, right? But for a 6.30 kick, so the game finishes at 10, media finishes at 11, you write till 1, and then here's the part that people don't get. We're not trashed. Right. You don't enjoy it like everybody else. And so at 1 o'clock, now I'm driving back to a hotel or I'm driving back home. My house is quiet because everyone's asleep, and I'm wired. Yeah, I'm wired. Like I mean, I am. I am humming, and so I'm not asleep till three thirty, and now I'm up Sunday and I'm exhausted, and Sundays all day, and then Mondays start all over again. Monday's a busy day, and that becomes cumulative. That's why writers, when we hear eleven a.m. game, we're like, yes, oh, you're because it's normal. Yeah, coaching coach is very similar. 
Um, 11 a.m. games at home are a dream, and especially like the 11 a.m. when you're not playing anybody because recruits are generally not there, the good mm-hmm. ones, so yeah. you can get them out and whatever. You get home and watch ball games. The worst game, we were talking about this the other day, probably the worst game from a coaching standpoint is the 2.30 road game because you don't get to watch any ball because before. you're going four, and then by the time you get done with media, get on the bus to get back, you may catch a half of a quarter on the bus, and then you're on the plane, and then, you, and then when, by the time you get home, everything's over with. Yeah. But, yeah, 2.30 games on the road are probably the worst as far as watching ball, but <clears throat> six thirty like night road games suck. Oh, because yeah, you're not back till 3.30, 4 yeah. in the morning. And you're wired. You yeah. know, and then you can't go to sleep, and then Sunday, obviously, you got to get up and, and Sunday, go. you got to get up because there's film, and you got to yeah. get t- turn the page, and you got to go. Yeah, it's 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 um, but I get why fans want six o'clock. I, I totally, I totally understand. Yeah, get sauced up. Yeah, you got all day. The game's at six. I like them at six o'clock now. <laughs> yeah, because I'm about a half a case in by six. Well, for doing what. We do the game the the game time that's perfect for us is now two thirty that yeah. middle of the day because I can watch the early games while I'm getting ready to cover my game, cover my game, and get done in time to see the second half of a lot of the late games. Well, the cool thing I think with the SEC journalist and correct me wrong here, but there's only one two thirty window. There's only one game, right? And so you can watch just about the whole damn league. If you have a, if you're covering your team as a two thirty game, you feel like you probably cover the whole league that day. It's going to be so weird for me this year getting back on the, going back to the press box, getting back on the road. I'm going to eleven of the twelve Ole Miss games. I've got a, a conflict with the Georgia Tech games. I won't make it, but I'll make the other eleven. It's going to be different again, you know, having to go to the stadium hours early. Because I'll be honest, like the what last time, road game, what, like what time do you get there? I know what time you do the home games. What do you do road game? Like what time do you get to the stadium? It just kind of depends on traffic and stuff. Like Ole Miss plays in Baton Rouge. And if you don't get the hell onto that campus a good three hours before kickoff, you're stuck in traffic for two hours on campus, even with the parking pass. Huh. And then where they park you, you have to walk a million miles now. It used to be one of my favorite places to cover a game because you would park over there by the track and then you'd walk around the PMAC and then just right right next to where the the Tigers cage is <laughs> and and then you'd go straight into the stadium, right <laughs> up the elevator. But now they park you kind of on the other other side of the stadium and you walk 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 and you finally get there and you know, Baton Rouge is like 900 degrees. By the time you get to the stadium, you're, you've broken a sweat. Oh, yeah, man. And so you go, go up. Now, I still – it's one of my favorite press boxes to cover a game. I, I love covering a game in Tiger Stadium. But after the game, that walk back, 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 and you're like, I'm not sure I remember where the hell I was parked. And Yeah, the uh, – I just sorry, I laughed a second ago. Um, in 2012, that's one of my favorite – stories about that stadium is in 2012 um we go there for our walkthrough freeze was big like freeze didn't like there used to be a time where you would go and you would have your practice in the stadium yeah and then freeze was one of the first people and now now a lot of people do it they'll you'll either practice here get on a plane and go you'll have a walkthrough at the stadium freeze got to where he would never practice now he would let you walk to the stadium and see it but we would not practice there we would do our walkthrough somewhere else 
But I remember, and I don't remember if it was pre-game or if it was in the walkthrough. But I remember Wesley McGriff, uh, the tiger pissing on Wesley McGriff, <laughs> the actual <laughs> like, tiger, the actual tiger. As yeah. he walked by, he was like, "Hey, he was, the cage was out there." The tiger pissed on Wesley McGriff. Oh, I don't remember if that was pre-game or if that was. Uh, it's probably pre-game walk, or walkthrough. But probably I was, wasn't. Probably wasn't there on the walkthrough. I just remember it they, pissing, they bring pissing. him there on the pre-game because he's kind of. He's not kind of intimidating. He's really freaking intimidating. They used to put it outside the locker room. Yeah. And then they kind of stopped that. And then it, it miraculously showed up when we were at Alabama and showed back up. It was outside the locker room. But, uh, yeah, it pissed on crime. That was the favorite. That was my favorite part of the whole damn trip. Do you see, uh, real quick on your former boss, uh, we always do Nick Saban stuff here Which because one? I'm interested in Saban. Okay. Do you see where he, uh, in his book that's coming out soon, I guess John Talty is writing the book. It's about Nick Saban and leadership that – Saban authorized his agent after the 2015 season, 2014 or 2015, one or the other, to talk to ESPN. He was very serious about getting into television and, and walking away from, from coaching. Yeah, I did. Had that. real conversations. I knew that. I did not know that until today. Yeah. Boy, that's I wasn't going to say it. I guess, is it out there? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. out there. It's one hell of a hypothetical how the coaching, how the football world is different if Nick Saban walks away. Several championships ago, yeah, he probably uh, comes back and coaches someplace. He started doing the game day stuff. I know he enjoyed it. Um, I know he went out after the, we lost the kick six game. That was one of the best ass rippings we ever got as a staff. We got it as a whole staff. Uh, but that was after that game. He authorized his agent to go get it done. Yes, so he went out and did the college game day for a couple of days, and he came back pissed off because he was. Uh, because we he we should have we were the better team and we wasn't there playing it so he was he's pretty pissed off about that so that was fun just thought that was interesting yeah because it's a different world now if Nick Saban walks to ESPN in twenty I wonder what else 14. is in that book we can talk about some other things if it comes up I don't know um got some juicy stuff we can talk about if it comes up yeah sounds like he was pretty open about things a lot of things people don't know that guy he he's a good dude. I, Hopefully, I would like, and I don't know. I didn't even know there was a book being written. Again, like I said it last week or week before, I, I wish people could see him in the light that I see him in and see who he is as a person because he's a really good dude. I mean, he is, and he takes care of people. I forgot to tell you, we've talked about rain, so you know that the podcast is brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine. BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check, no, Brennan. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Um, Brennan's trying to get me get me in trouble here. Oh, he's doing it again. Yeah, he's wanting me to tell the DC story. I'll, I'll that hopefully that that, <laughs> that won't be in the book, but I'll I'll tell you. I've got a DC story that's not Saban related. It's more Ross Bjork, Matt Luke. Will Hall related. <laughs> but I don't know that. I don't know which one you're talking about. Do I know about it? I lose track of years on what was what. You know, it all runs together after a while. Like, if you had told me in 2008 that I would still be covering Ole Miss in 2022, I'd have, I'd have said, no, there's not a chance in hell. Thought you'd be covering the Hawkeyes. Yeah, but there's no telling what I thought I'd be doing. Um, I, I, I didn't think I'd still be here, but all the seasons run together. I mean, I can't, like, differentiate in my mind, like, 20, 
I'm bad at that too. I really am. I can't remember games I've coached in. Oh, forget the games. It's just stuff that happens. It was Matt was going to hire Will Hall as his offensive coordinator. Okay. Okay. And you can act like he wasn't, but he was. You know that. I know that. He was. He was going to hire him. Why are you looking at me like that? This is <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He was going to I was in I'm D- trying to figure out how I'm going to respond to this. Go ahead. I was in Washington DC. I had taken my daughters on a trip because um we had had a friend working in the White House and there are only so many opportunities. This is not about to be political before anybody thinks anyways. <laughs> Nothing political here. But there are only so many opportunities in life where you can get into the West Wing. That's awesome. Um, you know, meet a president, meet people who work, whether you voted for them or not. Stop just in case anybody's before anybody gets triggered. Everybody gets triggered easily. This is a trigger free. Don't, don't be hopefully not our audience. Don't like we can't have a soft audience. Yeah, this is yeah, we can't. Like I don't I don't deal with soft. But this was ended up being the day. Do you remember the day of the government shutdown in the Trump administration? This was no. that morning. He was scheduled to fly. This was Christmas time. He was scheduled to fly to Florida to start his Christmas vacation on this Friday afternoon. Okay. And the president. The president. Okay. At, the, at the time, it was Donald Trump. Okay. He and his wife were scheduled to fly. And so what had been arranged was for my daughters, and one of my daughters is, is particularly interested in politics, to um, meet Sarah uh, Sarah Sanders, who's right. now probably about to be the governor of Arkansas, but at the time was the press secretary for Trump, and we were going to you know get to meet her and and then get a tour of the West Wing. Get a, they were the girls were getting a tour of the White House proper, the the main tour that right. everybody gets the real tour, the real tour, and then we were going to come back to the West Wing and I think see the president leave on the helicopter, which is a cool thing to see that, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Marine one leave and all that stuff. Well, so anyway, it was that, that weekend. And of course that didn't come to fruition because the shutdown happened. The president ended up not leaving. Uh, we never met a lot of those people because it was a chaotic day in the West wing. We did get to see a lot of the chaos up close and personal. And that was kind of cool. <laughs> anyway, regardless that night or maybe in the night before, but I think it was that night. We were back at the hotel in D.C., and look, Will Hall and I have a mutual friend, and so I was pretty connected to what was going on, and I knew that things had fallen apart, and I got the call from Matt and Luke, Luke. Yeah. and it was, hey, you know, moving in a different direction, going to open things up, need to think about it more, and it was just kind of that awkward thing where I... You felt like you knew the truth? Yeah, I felt like I knew the truth, and I knew there was some truth to that. And it just felt one of those moments where you wanted to say, hey, can I just, I, I, I want to give you a piece of advice, because I was cheered, I cheered for Matt Luke. I wanted Matt Luke to win. For Me a, too. I know you did. <laughs> but I wanted him to win for a lot of reasons. Yeah. One, because it kind of felt good to see every man yeah. do well. Two, and I can say this to you because my field is full of horrible people also, (laughs) but your field has its share of bad people in it. It really does. And 
that people think are good people. And he was one of the genuinely good people. And I thought, how cool would it be for a genuinely good guy to win? And then, look, I'm not going to lie here. You guys were an easy staff to cover. It was easy to get recruiting information, to find out real, who hey, who's coming in this weekend? Yeah. What's what? Which of those guys do you have a realistic shot? What's going on? We could text, we could communicate. That's not the case with every staff, and that's okay. No, yeah, I mean, every, every staff's different. I, yeah, I some mean, staffs are locked down really tight, and that's fine. It's become the thing. Everybody's everybody does it, and some of that is is um, Saban's fault, but. Regardless, it is. Um, you know, people emulate success, and they view that as part of his success. And and now it's become the thing that that people do. But that was a night when I realized I was in D.C. It's the only reason I thought about it when I heard D.C. It was the night that I realized, you know what, this is just probably not going to work. You know, just he doesn't have enough. He didn't have enough power. He never had enough power. And and frankly, and look. Ross would push back on this, but that was a case where Ross stepped on his toes, I thought. And instead of Ross saying, look, hire who you want to hire, you got to win, so hire who you're comfortable with. Instead, it was don't hire him. It's going to look like you're hiring a friend. And instead, they ended up hiring Rich Rod. And look, Rich Rodriguez is a is – a, has had a great career. I know he's a good friend of yours, and he's a head coach again now, but you're totally switching offenses again, and you're doing something that I don't – it just it just felt like it wasn't truly what Matt wanted to do. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to respond to that one because I know – You know all the people. Yeah, I know all the people, know all the truth. Um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, it, it kind of is what it is. I think if if everybody had to go back in time – I don't know what would change and what would you know what would have happened, what wouldn't happen, and all that stuff. But I know that uh, look, I love all of them. I think you know Matt, like you said, is one of the really good guys in the business. Um, and you know, talking about Rich Rod, like we same thing with Rich Rod. I wish like Rich Rod is kind of very you know like when Rich Rod every single time that <clears throat> we'd be on TV, there's like literally I think they put that camera up there just to wait for him to lose his shit. Yeah. You know, but Rich Rod's a good freaking dude too now. Yeah. I mean, he's a stud. Yeah. And I, I make, you know, now he coaches hard. He coaches really hard. <laughs> and he does. And I love it. But it's it's <laughs> like, I mean, he does. He coaches hard. But Rich is a good dude. Like, Rich was one of my favorite people to go, like, you can't find a player that played for Rich that didn't love him. Yeah. You know, he had the can like, especially, I think I was joking with him, like, he had, he had, like, bought real candy. Like, he didn't buy, like, the cheap stuff. He bought like full candy bars and had them in his office, and so I had like I gained like fifty pounds and and got in a diabetic coma every time I go sit with him. But he he's just good people, man. And you always want good people to have success in the business because there's so much misinformation. And going back to what we've been talking about for two weeks now, misinformation about who people think are good people. And they like either don't like them because of they didn't do well for your team, or they don't like them because of some kind of they catch one moment. They catch a snapshot, and that's just not who people are. But then at the same time, it works the other way. There's some people that people think, oh, they're winning, and they're a great dude, and they're pieces of shit. <laughs> like I wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. That's how bad of people they are. They would, they would, they would kill their own parents to win a game. I mean, just just soulless people. 
that people think are good people. That drives me nuts. All right, so getting into the problems in the coaching profession real quick before we dive into the Big Ten in a minute. This unlimited transfer thing, you and I have been talking about it for months because I told you months ago I, yeah. heard, I had heard this was coming. And um, oh, I'm you, glad you hit me before the 45-minute mark on this one. At the time, your initial response to me when I first told you this three or four months ago, I remembered this earlier today. I was you, you and I talked for a while when I was out getting my walk in, and I kept when we finished, I was I still had another hour to walk, and I was trying to think when did I first tell you that, and it was back in like May. Okay, and your response was essentially no effing way. There's no way that could happen. Won't work. Total disaster. And I just remember telling you, yeah, hey, like I heard this from somebody who would know that it's 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 coming. And I think it is absolutely coming. And I, I, oh, it's done. In fact, I think it's basically done. Yeah, it's done. And you've you've been in the recruiting office at Alabama, at Ole Miss. You've been on the field at South Alabama. You know a ton of people in coaching. I know you've talked to people about this. So I'm curious. It it sounds to me like total chaos. It it. It sounds to me like, and, and look, I'm, I've been clear on this. I want to be consistent. I am, in general, in favor of players' rights, okay? But when I hear coaches, coaches say this could – had one coach on the SEC staff tell me um, two years of complete chaos. And another coach say, at some point, there's too much turnover. Every every program has turnover every year, right? I mean, you know you're going to have a group of guys that graduate. You're going to have a group of guys maybe if you're if you're really going good, you're going to have a handful of guys that go pro a year early. Um you're going to have some guys that are unhappy. You might have a couple of injury guys that hey, football just isn't in the cards for them physically any longer. You, you you know you're bringing in recruits, you're bringing in a class, and now with the portal, you're bringing in some portal guys, right? And but in the past, that turnover has been sort of limited. Correct. Now, when I hear coaches say, I had one coach say, it's not unrealistic that 45 to 50 players will have turnover 45 to 50 spots on the roster. He goes, I don't think it'll get that high, but it could. And he goes, that's not manageable. So I agree with that. So what – how? What number in in your mind? You've done this for a while. What number in your mind becomes? Hey, this is becomes an unmanageable number for us to do this efficiently, effectively, do it well. Yeah, for twenty years. Okay, so for twenty years we had the number twenty five was what kind of the number we worked on, and so you had a hundred and like over a five year period, you basically had a hundred and twenty five chances to keep it at eighty five. Okay, so you actually had over a five year period now. They either graduate, you know, they didn't redshirt. There's there's various ways that they could not be a part of that, those 40, right? Sure, stuff happens. Stuff right. happens. Mm-hmm. But it was hard enough to stay at 85 with that. Every year, everywhere I've ever been, it didn't matter if it was Alabama, Ole Miss, Arkansas State, you know, you would go into camp. You'll see it. You may not see it as much anymore. Maybe you will, but you would get to this point to where you'd see the walk-ons get put on scholarship. Yeah, of course, those so the, videos that everybody always loves. Yeah, those videos. The reason those videos exist is because whatever school it was did not have 85 scholarship players going in. And so they would put they would reward a guy because they had, okay, we got four spots this fall with nobody to recruit. So let's reward these guys for this fall 
put them on scholarship, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, put them on scholarship for right. the fall, give them a break as a reward for, hey, you've busted your ass for three or four years in this program, and everybody likes you, and you're a hard worker, and yeah. here's your scholarship. It's a, And also, it's a cool video. We get to let everybody It's a right. PR thing, right, right? Right, sure, sure. But at 25, it was already hard enough to stay at 85. Well, now you've just thrown thrown out the kitchen sink. I mean, this is like, I feel like I'm watching, you remember that Jim Carrey movie, uh, Yes Man? Yeah. I feel that's what I'm watching in college football right now. It's yes, man. There's, you know, and I'm all for players having right, you know, rights and things like that. But we got a <laughs> slower roll a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's literally <clears throat> if my kids came in and every day, hey, dad, I want this. Yes. If I just just try it with your kids. If you got kids that are 15 years and younger at your house, try to go a full day without saying the word no. It's impossible because they're always going to want something that's unrealistic. And here we go again with this transfer rule. And look, I don't mean to be, what do you call it? I call it, oh, God, to get off my lawn guy. Well, Eli Drinkwitz has been saying this for a while, and he's, he's right. He says that the problem is not that we have the transfer portal. The problem is not that there's NIL. The problem is not that, you know, um, you've, you've waived the one-time, no, no you know, that you've implemented the one-time no-penalty transfer now that, Unlimited. It's not each of these things. It's collectively at the same time, and we're going to get to Tennessee in a minute and the NCAA, and because all these people are like, well, what's you know, we'll get to that in a second. But it's all of these things at one time have just created chaos. Yeah, you, and it's just all right. So let's talk. I mean, well, let's don't get off the subject here. But what are we doing with this double transfer or unlimited transfer? Because I want to talk a little bit about what's not being talked about. And everybody's just everybody thinks that, okay, Neil McCready, where do you want to go? You want to go to Monroe out of high school. You don't like Monroe, I'm going to go to Iowa. I don't like Iowa, I'm going to go to Minnesota. You can't, like, that's not going to be as realistic as everybody thinks it's going to be. All right, here's the, here's the caveats because probably a lot of fans don't understand it a little bit, but right. I'm going, I want to educate. All right, so there's this thing called progress towards degree. In order for you to transfer, you have to be eligible. Okay, so after your second year in college, you have to be at 40% of degree completion. After your third year, 60. After your fourth year, 80. Okay, so okay. 40, 60, 80, starting after your second year. Right. All right, so let's take an example. Give me a, give me a transfer that came to Ole Miss this year. Uh, Jackson Dart. Okay, great example. Because what if he doesn't win the starting job? Let's say Luke Altmyer wins the starting job, which I think is going to happen. But anyway. And then Luke plays well. Luke plays well. Mm-hmm. He's not going to sit here behind Luke Altmyer. What's he going to do? He's going to transfer some He's going to transfer. Okay, but here's where it gets tricky. All right. So he's already transferred from USC. And let's say he – so he transferred in January, so I'm assuming he probably had – let's say he had he probably had six summer hours plus 12 to 15. He probably has anywhere between 18 and 21 hours coming in. Okay. When he, But I guarantee you not all 21 hours counted. Now, maybe as a freshman when they had to count them towards like, uh, you know, not your common core classes and things like electives and things. Yeah. But as you get further along – when you start transferring, all the classes that he's taking at Ole Miss is not going to transfer wherever he decides to go. And so he's going to start losing hours towards, and he has to make progress towards degree where he's enrolling. So wherever he decides to enroll after next year, he would have to be at 40% towards a degree there. Now, if you get the next year, now you're making it harder because now you're getting into major classes. Right. You know, and so I don't, that's going to happen. Now, here's the, the other catch 22 to this. So this happened with uh, what's the receiver at LSU that everybody's wanting? Deion, Deion Smith. Smith, right? Yeah. So let's say Jackson Dart decides to transfer. 
well, he's, he's going to stay here and finish and try to get eligible, try to get his classes, because he can't transfer yet until he's eligible, right? Yep. Well, guess what? Ole Miss, he, he's going to count toward Ole Miss's 85 until he enrolls at another university, until he goes to his first day of classes. And so that's going to prevent Ole Miss. That's going to hold a spot. And so now, we're again, this goes back to giving the players all the power. Like, I understand why they're doing that. Like They're saying, okay, maybe we can get them education or whatever. But you also got to understand, like, they quit your team. They quit. Yeah. So you're going to give somebody that quits. Now, the reason they're on scholarship is to play football, correct? And this goes back to the whole employment and all that stuff. But yeah. that's but, why they're getting a scholarship, but correct? Yes, sure, of course. All right, so if they quit the job that is getting you the scholarship, they shouldn't be rewarded with money to pay for their school. I, I, I believe that. When you go in the portal, and especially when you go on your own, own, your own doings, you're, a, you're quitting. You're quitting that team. You should be removed immediately from aid from whatever school you're at if you decide to go in the portal. Now, you can go and do your own thing, but you know what happens if anybody on our stream right now quits their job? Are they going to continue to get paid? No, you lose your job. So here's the – I agree with you. So this is a little bit devil's advocate, but don't they almost have to do it that way because otherwise when you went in and processed a kid and said, hey, you can't play, you can't play here, we know you can't play here, you – you need to get in the portal. Well, that's why I've always said from the jump, from the very beginning, from two, March of 2018 when I met with them, if you're going to go in the portal, there should be two designations. Either you're doing it on your own or you're being processed. If you're being processed, you should you should be able to get your education. If you're being processed, I believe you should be able to get your education. But if you're if you're quitting, right. get gone. And then because as it is right now, and a lot of coaches do that, as it is right now, it's up to the school, individual school, to decide that. Some schools will cut your aid right now. Some will do this. Some will do that. Yeah. But if a kid's getting processed because he's not good enough, okay, let's pay for his education. But well, he doesn't count towards 85 either. At or least, he, at least through a certain point, right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, get, get him a student manager job, whatever. I mean, you miss on guys and whatever, but I don't know, man. I just – that you can't keep continuing to get the get – the, uh, right, they can't get everything. You, there has to be a compromise, and, and you're not going to have any kind of system if the players – if you're just saying yes, 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 yes. You want money? Yes. You want to transfer? Yes. You want to transfer multiple times? Yes. I mean, everything's yes, yes, yes. And this whole thing goes back to the NCAA doesn't want to go to court. They don't want lawsuits. And I got this text. I, I said this on um, – I said this uh, to somebody. I don't know who I was talking to. but So last Monday, I got a text that said this was going to happen. And I was like, get out of here. I, was, I mean, I got it last Monday. He's like, yeah, the NCAA doesn't want to mess with the lawsuits. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. And then sure enough, I was like, I thought I only got the text from one person. And I was like, okay, maybe they just kind of heard a rumor, but it, it went through on Thursday. So what are we doing? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, so I want to uh, want to talk about what else was included in that text because one of the things that you were told from some people was that, hey, the next step for college coaches is going to be unlimited staffs, unlimited staff size. What 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 does that mean? What is that? What does that? What will an SEC staff look like if there's unlimited staffing? So, same text. I heard this, and uh, they apparently know something. And so, unlimiting staff is like. You know, you're going to have – you're going to turn – we're literally – I know you don't like this term about turning it into the NFL because of the rights and all that stuff. I get that. But I'm talking about from a structure standpoint, you're going to be turning in – you're going to turn your staff into a true NFL organization. And so instead of having – you're going to have the uh, – if you look at an NFL team, they have an offensive line coach, they have an assistant offensive line coach, they have a wide receivers coach, assistant wide receivers coach. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have unlimited coaches – but now you're going to have what that's going to create is you're going to create scouting departments. That's what's going to happen because now instead of and it's, I think it, the other reason I think it's going to get pushed is because these coaches are all the burnout. You keep hearing all this burnout talk. Now you're going to have coaches that coach football just like the NFL, and you're going to have coaches that recruit. But they're going to be coaches, but they're going to be able to go on the road and recruit and take that pressure and the time off of those coaches. Now you don't need to be worried about how to pick up, you know, uh, simulated pressures, you need to be worried about recruiting receivers. You know, that's your primary job. And so you're going to have true scouting departments. And then that's going to create, you know, the haves and the have-nots are going to continue to – that gap is going to continue to widen. Yeah, that gap's going to really widen because if – Who can afford it? Well, and different people will have different pay scales. Yeah, so let's say – let's just for shits and giggles, you're adding a minimum, probably another mil, mil and a half salary – to your staff already, well, on a minimum. Leagues like the SEC and the Big Ten will have that easy. Well, they're about to have tons of money. Allegedly. Oh, the TV money is going to be outrageous. Yeah, I want to. I want to see the the certain network that they're dealing with put up. They have. They haven't put that money forward before. I want to see them put that money up. You're referring to. I can't. I mean, you can't say Fox. Okay. I want to see Fox put the money up. <laughs> 
Oh, I think Fox is going to put the money up for the Big Ten. I know, but I want to see it. Yeah, I think I think it's coming. What'd you make of Notre Dame saying seventy five million? That's what it's going to take in, from MDC. I thought that was a fair ask. I think it's extremely fair. I mean, it's it's Notre Dame. I don't. It doesn't matter what city you're in. You're everybody's watching Notre Dame. Yeah, that's for sure. I think it's a fair ask. All right. Since the last time we got together, Tennessee got hit with their their notice of allegations. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was talking about this with you a little bit. I don't really know what the NCAA can do from a punishment standpoint. They're they're already saying out loud, hey, we don't want to do the postseason thing because the networks don't want that. And the networks are forking out the kind of money right now to prevent that from happening. They can take scholarships away, but you can get around that with NIL and and pay for play now because PFP. Yeah. You can say, okay, well, we're taking eight scholarships away, and the school can respond with, all right, well, then we'll come up with the money for eight scholarship players. Cool. So that punishment's out the door. Um, you can find the institutions. That's that's a thought. You can drop a, a hammer of a fine. But how much do you have to fine a school to make them really hurt? <laughs> right. That's, now there's the question. Yeah, and then, and then I heard – People speculating, and this isn't me pe- making fun of fans or anything, but fans were saying, well, you could say that, hey, for a year or two years, you could not have an NIL program. And I thought, boy, the attorneys lined up for that. They'll, that that won't work. That won't work. So what exactly, I mean, if you wanted, and, and look, the NCAA would love to go hammer Tennessee, especially because Tennessee was doing all that recruiting during the pandemic when nobody was allowed to do stuff. And so a lot of schools didn't. Or a lot of school, well, a lot of schools didn't do what Tennessee did. Tennessee was brazen. All right, Tennessee got caught. There you go. Let's let's there you go. Let's let's rephrase that. And the coach and his wife giving <clears throat> money to players. What, what is there even a penalty at this point that would be punitive? All right. So I need to say this before we get started here. I am very I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people that are mentioned in this article so i want to say that before we get started <laughs> okay. so i need to be i'm gonna be careful here but i am friends i mean like some of them i've known for like a long time including jeremy pruitt <clears throat> yeah i've known pruitt for a long time not as long as some of the people mentioned like there's one guy that mentioned in that article i played college ball with okay so I, we know each other okay all right so <clears throat> i guess can we start back to how they got turned in the i, I think that's very fascinating yeah, it was. Well, it was a. It was a coup. It was a coup. I don't know. Is this? Is it out there? Yeah. Okay. So pretty much. I didn't know how much was out there and how much wasn't. So they signed Pruitt to a big contract because he started the year and grinds on here. I know he likes fact checking all that stuff. Um, they started five and zero, oh, five and ones. They had a great start to the year. His last year. Yeah. Whatever it was, and then they dropped like the last end of the season. They lost a bunch in a row, and so. But, like, after week two or three, they give him an extension and, and a raise and all that, okay? Well, then they start losing, and all the boosters get pissed off that they're losing. And then so they want to make a change. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. We can't make a change. We just gave this guy a raise. It's, it's too expensive. I know a way out of it. He Their got- own people turned them in. Yeah. They came up with a coup that said. So they wouldn't have to pay him. The way out is is he violates NCAA rules and it lets us fire him for cause. And and the notice of allegations that were that I read, that's chicken shit, man. 
It really is. That's what we're, that's 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 what what we're getting. That's more money than took Ole Miss down. But it's my point. Yeah, still, it's yeah. It's, it's it's. I mean, sixty thousand dollars over three years is not a lot of money. What are we doing? Right. I mean, and so it was a coup, and they got what they wanted. But look, I want to say this: Jimmy Pruitt's another guy. Great freaking individual. You talking about a guy you want to drink beer with? He's a, he's a fun time. <laughs> but just a good – like, he'd give you a shirt off his back. He is a super nice guy. Coaches hard, but people confuse coaching hard and being a good, good person, two different things. Great dude. Um, I just <clears throat> can recruit his ass off. I'm scared to even look when you start laughing because I saw Brendan's name in there. Um, does Brendan say anything? A little bit. He said, turn themselves in? That's got to be unprecedented, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, just – I don't know, man. I just – I hate it that that happened the way it did. And there were some really good people that got mixed up in that unnecessarily that wasn't doing anything that wasn't being done everywhere else. Yeah. That's where I get frustrated is like everybody's, oh, Tennessee, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Like if the complete blanket got peeled off, everybody would be like, oh, my gosh. But I will say this. All right, let's 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 go back to the original question because my, my rain is starting to kick in here. All right. Your rain has been <clears throat> kicked in. All right, so – I may or may not have had a little bit before I came. Um, they got to cut down this this time period of, of the investigation, like 18 months. It took you 18 months to come up with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do we do? I mean, you can solve murders in two weeks, and it's taken us 18 months to figure that out. And then yeah. we're going to notice allegations. You got 90 days to respond. And they start doing these punishments. And I've always said this. I, I hate that the institutions get held responsible because the coaches leave – the players are gone, and now you're telling my my ninth grader if he decides to go to Tennessee, he's going to have penalties because when he gets there for what something happened when he was in sixth grade, right? That's ridiculous. Of course it is, and that's something they got to improve on. But but they, they're never going to improve on it because they don't have the staffing to do so. Right, they, and and, it, and now they don't have the stomach for it. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, and that's why we're seeing all these rule changes. That's why you saw nil from the jump. Hey, I'm hey. PF, PFP. PFP. Thanks. Okay. That's why we're seeing this PFP pay for play, but because we can't control it anymore. We can't investigate that anymore. We, there's just, we don't have enough manpower and you're talking about, I mean, Arizona state's in the same boat. We still haven't got anything there. Um, you know, LSU, I think is dealing with their deal. I don't even know what the latest is with that for nothing. Um, but 18 months and like Hypel hadn't done anything to deserve this. None of those players have, they're all gone that were involved. They're gone. And, I, and I'll say this, and this goes back to the players what we were talking about a minute ago. If they want to stop the shit, hold the players accountable. Who took the money? Who took the money? Right. Make you ineligible. Now let's see. Let's see who starts taking money now. Now it doesn't matter now, but the, you get my point. Sure. You talking about but NIL? They were never going to do that. They were never going to hit a because kill. we're it, we're soft. It's everybody gets a trophy society. Nobody wants to be, and it goes back, we got to have a guy at the top, a college football commissioner, and it needs to be somebody, and I, don't even get me started with this, I'm tired of people who have no idea what they're talking about or the people making the rules. That's why we're in the shit that we're in right now. Anybody wants to know why college football screwed up? It's because people have never coached, never broken a huddle, or, or recruited a day in their life are over here making these rules. Right. Okay? That's true. Maybe I should go be a heart surgeon because I watch ER on TV. I mean, it's the dumb, I don't think so. But that's my point. Yeah, is they you got to have somebody that knows what I mean knows what they're talking about. And and Brennan knows. Brennan's in here. There's so many dumb rules, man. That that for what? Because 
you decided you want to, you want to, you know, I'm, oh, we got a committee for this. We got a committee for that. We got a committee for this, a committee for that. How about having somebody that makes a decision that knows what they're talking about? And we were talking about Nick earlier. I thought that's what he was going to do. I thought he was going to go be the commissioner of college football. I thought that was his. He would have been great at it. I'd have voted for him. I mean, that ship has sailed, but I do think at some point it won't be Nick Saban, but at some point it's someone from that world. It needs to be. You comes gotta, in and runs the runs the sport. Like you know, like when you you go to Vegas and you got the people in the in the in the uh, the film towers that were former cheats. That's how they pick out the people who are cheating in Vegas at the cards and stuff. They got the people who are actually cheated up there. Yeah. Okay, we could put together a good ass committee now if you want, you want to put together a committee on rules. Okay, you gotta you gotta know how to you gotta know the rules to break the rules. Does that make sense? Sure, of course. You gotta have people that know what they're doing and know the problems in recruiting, know the problems in, in college football, know the problems about paying players and things like that in order to, to make things right. You don't just go say, yes, 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 yes. Oh, I, you know, everybody gets a trophy society we live in. Let's go. Let them get what they want. So ultimately, Tennessee just gets a big fine, right? They're I don't gonna- think anything. Uh, did you read how they were, the NCAA came out and were like, oh, they were, a, you know, a, a, ver- a sample, a perfect program on how they handled it? Yeah. That's yeah. their way of setting up where we're not going to do shit. They're going to fine them. I don't even know. I bet, I'll bet you they may get a $5,000 fine, which will be hilarious. That's what I'm like. What's the fine? Oh, right? I would laugh at that. It's going to be some kind of fine like that. But they're going to take their self-imposed penalties and just move on, I, I believe. Well, they've already said that. They'll just plead guilty. It sounds like the deal's already cut kind of behind the The deal scenes. is been cut. Yeah. Been cut. So I think you're going to see that. And they're going to apply that to Arizona State. They're going to apply the same thing to The LSU, LSU. one's the one that, that – the LSU one is is unsavory. I'm with you, but people, who, who people, do you punish though? Because I mean, like we're saying, basketball was the problem, right? Well, no, I'm talking about the some of the sexual assault allegations, right? But, but who are you punishing? All those people are gone. Yeah, and if you were involved and you were there, you need to be gone. Yeah, I'm with you. But in, if they're not there, why are you? Pu- LSU's the one that institutionally. If nothing happens institutionally, then the message is yeah, the saying, message gets sent that hey, we just no longer have teeth. Everybody in the in the what do you call it the hierarchy? If you're in the institutional and you're involved, your ass is gone, you're gone. Yeah, and then, sure. And then that's all you can do. There's no reason to punish some new person no, that just got a job. I just don't think I, wrapping this part of the conversation up. I think what's obvious is Ole Miss was probably the last team to last program to feel the hammer. And everybody else is just kind of that's it. It's over now. They don't. They just don't have teeth. I didn't like feeling the hammer. Got my ass hit with it, and I didn't have anything to do with it. I know. Well, and frankly, the one guy that took the biggest hit didn't do a lot. Who was that? Barney Farrar. That's my dude. Yeah, I mean, that was the ultimate. Let's find a fall guy. Knock him out at the knees. Tell everybody we cleaned up the sport. When in reality, you you actually took away one of the people who actually genuinely cared about young people. You actually took that person away. Barney is one of my all-time favorites. I guess I, I got to be careful what I say here. I mean, I, I... He's one of the last guys that believed in the code. Barney coached for a long time. Yeah. And he knew how to do it. He, he was... 
Yeah, code was a that's a good that's a good word. I mean, he like, could have rolled over. I don't know if I've ever genuinely like you talking about somebody. He would literally you could call him away from the football office and need anything. Yeah. And he would drop what he was doing to come help. He genuinely loved people that much. He still does. I mean, he's still around. He's still with us. Yeah. But just one of the most caring, awesome individuals on this planet. Yeah, one of my favorite people. I mean, he he thought he hated me. And, and then we found out that we actually had a lot in common and have kind of built a pretty good friendship over the years since he's been gone. He he could have rolled on Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Barney will get mad at you. Barney will get mad at you, but he'll forget it. He was pissed about me at, when I was at Alabama. He was mad at me, but he got over it. He was he was nice after that. He was mad about the binoculars. Oh, uh, there's other things we can't talk about on the podcast. Recruits. Other things we can't talk about on the podcast. Okay, so recruiting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Big Ten. Let's Big, do it. Big Ten's having its media days. Uh, we are. I found out, let's see, today the, the team I cover, Ole Miss, starts practice on Wednesday. Uh, Mississippi State starts on Friday. So everybody's getting rolling next week. All in, all 32 NFL teams are in training camp as of today. So Did you uh, see Aaron Rodgers, the video? I did. I did. I did. I mean, is that not Nicolas Cage and, and uh, Con Air? That was, uh, if that wasn't what he was shooting for, it was I one mean, hell of a coincidence. It was a great uh, Halloween costume. Uh, the only other NFL news I saw today is that Joe Burrow is going to have to have a, uh, an appendectomy. So he'll miss a couple of weeks. He'll be fine, though. That's it. So uh, let's talk some college football. Big Ten media days, they're finishing up. They'll get all starting up in Madison and Iowa City and West Lafayette and Bloomington. They'll all get rolling next week. God, I love the Big Ten. I love Big Ten football so much. Everybody can make fun of me. I just do it. I know it's not very good sometimes, but I like it. Okay. It's, it's, it's what football used to be. You can give me, like, Iowa, Michigan State, on FS1 or whatever, and I'm locked in. You're in? I'm in. Totally in. Um, how do you Rutgers, want to, Minnesota? That's a little tougher. <laughs> you can give me, like, Minnesota, Michigan? Total, all in. Give me a – give me a – give me Purdue, Purdue, Illinois, and I'm watching. I do. I, I enjoy the Big Ten. I, I do have my limits, but I enjoy the Big Ten. It's a different game. It's a completely different game. Yeah. So I know you talked to some people. Give me a. I did. Give me a. Uh, give me a Big Ten insiders preview here. Yeah. So I called uh, two staffs, talked to a couple coaches, and I was like, "Hey, look, I how got- many Big Ten teams are clients of yours? Michigan State, Indiana. I think that's it right now. Yeah, I get the Big Ten, Big Twelve you've, confused. You've talked to Iowa, right? Yeah, we did it. We're we're reconvening this at the end of the week. Okay, good. Because um, you're going to be. I mean, I've had people tell. If I have Iowa. You're going to be. I'll be excited. We'll be excited. We're we're, we're going to make the trip to Iowa City. Yeah, I've had multiple people invite me to their tailgates and all that stuff. I'm I'm going to go all in. All right. So both of the staffs that I talked to were on the east. Um, and they ironically, and I said, "Hey, just give me who's your list. Who you think ranked the east for me?" Both of them had Iowa winning the. Iowa winning the uh, the West, excuse me. Iowa winning the West, and when you look at the West division, of the Big Ten on paper is weaker. Yeah. Okay, because you got and for we got nowhere in SEC country, but you have Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Illinois. Okay, in the but West. of those programs, like let's go through those again. Iowa's pretty solid program year in and year out. Yeah, Iowa's always going to be consistent. They're um, the Kentucky of the Big Ten. Correct. Uh, you got. 
Uh, Wisconsin, it's a very solid program. Physical, they're always going to play well. They're always going to have some athletes because they do a fairly decent job of recruiting in Florida and some places like that. Florida and Texas do a really good job with their skill players. Yeah, so you've got you got them. Nebraska's kind of the wild card a little bit. Yeah, I got a little note on Nebraska. Uh, Northwestern's been down the last couple of years, but but he's done a really good job there. As good as you can do. They've been pretty consistent. Who else did you say? Purdue? Purdue's kind of on the – Purdue, they won nine games last year. So, so they're kind of on the uptick. Yeah. They've got some talent. Yep. And then – Illinois. Illinois was not bad last year. They So here's one of the most unique things. I didn't know this until today. Did you know that every single head coach in the Big Ten is back? Like they have exactly every single head coach that they had last year. I did not. I'm, that doesn't happen in today's no, world. No. I mean, I, don't, I couldn't tell you the last time that happened. Um, but Iowa, <clears throat> Iowa, Minnesota – and Wisconsin, I, I I heard this several times uh, today by two different programs, is they're going to benefit from the sixth year. They got a lot of program guys, especially Iowa. That was the one that kept coming out. Iowa and Minnesota especially, a lot of guys that are back for year six with the COVID year and all that stuff, that they're going to be um, good from that, getting that extra year of experience. But both of them uh, expected Iowa to win uh, the West. Both of them said Wisconsin would be second. And surprisingly, both of them said Minnesota would be third and said PJ has, you know, it's his sixth year. He's yeah. got a lot of six-year guys in the program. Yeah. He's added a couple of portal guys, but they haven't gone crazy. Um, and then, you know, you got – It's a program that has an identity. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they did say this, is that if there's ever a division in major college football that's up for grabs, it's the Big Ten West. There's, okay. they There could be surprise team wherever to go get it. Um. Going to Nebraska. So this was one that was one staff in particular said, watch out for Nebraska. They're either going to be really good or they're going to lose some games early and quit because they feel that they have. They lost so many close games a year ago. How about this? Another thing I didn't know till today. I was today years old. Every single game they lost last year was by single digits. Yeah. They were, and, they were, and they were like four and eight, and three and nine, something like that. Something like that. But every single game yeah. that they lost was by single digits. And they got the guys back, plus they got the guys coming back. Uh, they added a ton of portal guys, and they're very active in NIL. Very active. Yeah, they put a ton of money into into PFP in the yes. portal. I think and, they're actually trying to do NIL, though. I think I mean, they're doing a little PFP, but they're actually trying to do a lot of NIL, going back to the old days. Tommy, uh, Osborne style. Okay. So they... They actually they have both. How about that? But they actually actively have something to show yeah, for I, NIL. I don't care. I don't mean it like a, a negative. Well, I think there's two different categories. I mean, like, <laughs> when I say PFP, it's just it's it's it, for me it's just a designation. If you're not actually doing something, involving, well, PFP is recruiting incentive. Yeah, if you're not actually doing something that's name, image, likeness, it's pay for play, and it's fine. Whatever, I don't care. I just but everybody's doing. Well, all these schools have NIL. The, the 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 kid's not getting nine and a half million dollars for name image likeness. He's getting that money to play football. Yeah, they do a they do a um they have the nicest fans in America at Nebraska. I don't know how they do it, but they are the nicest people ever. It's one of the places that ever. I'd I'd like to go see a game. It's they'll sell out every game. Yeah. Don't matter how good or how bad they are. And they will like applaud you as you come on <laughs> like as you come on the yeah, field. Yeah. It's very it's almost like yeah, reverse I've, psychology kind of deal. I've always wanted to go to a game there. 
It's pretty cool. There's a handful of places in the Big Ten I'd like to go to a game. I mean, no joke. I I want to go to a game at Wisconsin. Yeah. Obviously, I want to go to a game at Iowa. You never been to a game at Iowa? No. You got all this stuff. You never been to a game? I know. Never been. All right. We got to get you there. Um, I know some people. I'd like to go to a game at Michigan. I'd like to go to a game at Ohio State. Um, I've been on the Illinois campus a couple of times. Um, Yeah. I, I think it's a cool league. That's all. Yeah. I think it's going to be. Lots of tradition in that league. Yeah. Lots of old rivalries and stuff that are in that league. I'm if if you, I'm excited. I want to see what I'm interested in Nebraska. I want to see what they do because I know Scott Frost is. I mean, he needs to win this year. Yeah, obviously. Um, they are giving him time though because he is one of their own and they take care of their own there. And I'll give him a, like five percent of schools would have kept him after last year. It'd be a, a real quick leash. But again. Tyler, they were they were close last year. Close, if you watched man. them, if you watched them in some games, they some games got away from them in the fourth quarter, and they had some bad losses. Like they lost, if I remember correctly, they lost in Champaign to Illinois. That was early in the year, right? And it was super early. Yeah, it was like it may have been the opener. It's it funny how you remember. Early. Funny how you remember this stuff. I was in. Well, ja- I bet on it. So I was I in. I was in Jackson, Tennessee, for a soccer tournament. So it was hotter than all hell. It was the first game. It was Brett Bielema's first game, right? I think that's right. Because I, I bet was... on Illinois, like, money line or something, and it hit it. And Illinois lost a quarterback, and then the – They lost everybody. I don't know. Yeah. They won the game. But so that was a that was an inexcusable loss early. And then they just started losing games like that, fourth quarter games. Yeah, Scott Frost is a ball coach, and if he's got talent, and, you know, and that is the thing with the portal. They've gone really heavy portal. So they're, like, the only team – to my knowledge, in the West to go portal heavy. And so that's where if they've increased and they've got the guys back, so if they've really increased their deal and the culture and things like that, they you can watch out for Nebraska now. I mean, you know, one one coach didn't think that they were going to be very good, but the other one's like, hey, look, and then I you start looking and you lose nine, you know, lose nine games by um single digits and the same kind of thing, you know, <clears throat> there's a reason Hugh Freeze is here. You know, the year before where we won all those games, we lost like seven of our eight were in single digits. We won 10 the next year, 11. So Big Ten East, it's obviously Ohio State's the favorite. They're maybe the favorite nationally. It looks like an SEC division. It's that competitive. Is there anyone in the in the East that can compete with Ohio State this year? I think that, I mean, I think, I mean, you got Ohio State, you got Michigan, you got Penn State, you got Michigan State, Maryland, Indiana, and then Rutgers. But what I'm saying is, it's like from top to bottom, yeah. a very competitive division. If not, probably the third or fourth in the in the country. The only two teams in that group, in my opinion, have a chance to be bad, and both of them, like, look, Indiana took a big step back last year. Rutgers, on the other hand, from a competitive standpoint, took a pretty big step forward. Well, you got Greg Schiano at Rutgers. He's already done it once before. He knows how to recruit to the area. He can recruit. He's a good ball coach. Works his ass off. One of the grinders of the grinders. Right. And I mean, he, they're going to be better. He will get them back to where they, you know, they back in the Big East days a hundred years ago when they yeah. were they were a top five team. Yeah, you know, people forget that. Um, but Ohio State, they just got too much talent. They got seat. They got the you know top three quarterback in the country was Stroud. They got the best receiver in the country. From a betting standpoint, Stroud is the um, is the odds on favorite to win the Heisman. Really? Yeah. From a in Vegas, do you know who I bet on the Heisman? Just, uh, I bet you could get good odds right now. Williams, USC? Jameer Gibbs. Oh, at Alabama, the running back? Yeah. That's who I would, I think you could get good odds. 
Um, I wonder what odds you would get on him. I don't know. Grind, if you're on here, see what the odds are on uh, Jameer Gibbs to win the Heisman. Because um, you may know it off the top of your head. But uh, Ohio State, they're going to be really good. Um, I would look for the for Sparty Nation to be up there towards the top. They were good a year ago. He's recruited at a really high level. Mel Tucker has. Extremely high level. Yeah. Uh, know that for a fact. And I think they've been pretty involved with PFP and they've, NIL. They've done a really good job with that. Um, they're going to be good. And then, look, I'm an Indiana fan, just like you. I mean, all of my guys are in Indiana. Yeah. I mean, Tom Allen's one of the greatest human beings on the planet. Um, my man Darren Hiller, who I live with uh, in my early coaching days, were roommates, and then he, I was his GA 100 years ago. Um, as the offensive line coach, you got Lee Wilbanks there. You got a lot of Ole Miss connections up there. Yeah, um, a lot of Ole Miss players went to Indiana, so yeah. they got some portal guys from Ole Miss. They've done really well in the portal. They've done a good job recruiting. His culture is impeccable, and they got uh, Blazevich from uh, Missouri. The starting quarterback from Missouri last year is, is transferred there. Is going to be their quarterback. Oh yeah, they're going to be better. Um, Plus five thousand is the odds for Gibbs. Oh, I'm all in on that. That's not, me? that's not a bad bet. 50 bucks? Let's yeah. go do it. Yeah. I might do that tonight. Don't tell my wife. Um, but <laughs> You just did. Yeah. But... She's not listening. <laughs> um, and then uh, Maryland. I got a unique comment about Maryland. Uh, Maryland, they said, maybe besides Ohio State, maybe the most talented team in the league. They're just inconsistent. And if they get consistency, watch out for Maryland. They could, they're going to beat some people they're not supposed to beat. Because they're, they're too talented. Talia Tungabaloa is still there. Talia, yeah. He's a uh, – recruited him. He is, uh, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. He's good kid, competitive, accurate, leader, the whole, the whole nine yards. All right. We'll finish with this topic because I'm curious. Get your thoughts. Yep. It's kind of a lot of – as we get rolling, a lot of people talking about gambling and bets. What's the bet? Whatever. It's three teams – that are sort of odds-on favorites to make the playoff. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. In whatever order you want to put them in, it doesn't matter. Who would you bet on to be team four in the playoff? Is it Clemson? Is it USC? you betting on Oklahoma? There's a lot of people super excited about uh, Dylan Gabriel and that OU offense. Yeah. Um, is it Notre Dame? A lot of people super excited about the young coach at Notre Dame and the, the job that he's done, and he inherited a pretty talented group. The schedule's navigable. Is it Miami? There are people that are gung-ho on your boy Mario, and and uh, and, and, and Miami, is, is, it, is it Texas A&M? Is it another team from the SEC? I mean, give me, give me some thoughts on teams that could be number four. I am going to wager on none of the above. Okay. I'm going – I'm putting my money if I'm gambling. Iowa. Man, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is great. On the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oh, really? How about that? How about that? I came out of, like off the top rope with that one, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, so Gundy and the, and the, and the Pokes, why? Because they only got to win three games. They got to beat Oklahoma, they got to beat Texas, and they got to beat Baylor. And I think if they do that, they have enough, you know, with going to the uh, – what bowl game they go to last year? Oklahoma State. Went to like the Alamo Bowl. Weren't they in the conversation to go to the, one of the big bowls late in the year or something? Well, they were – they were they played Baylor for the 
Big 12 that's title what, game was. and lost to Baylor. And that's, that last second. Yeah. Um, I think the Big 12's got four really good teams in it. And I think Oklahoma State um, is the best of the four right now. So I'm going with Oklahoma State Cowboys because I know I could get good odds on it. I look at odds too. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. not just going to go, you know, chalk on you. Um, Oklahoma State's going to be good. I think the Big 12, all kidding aside, the Big 12 – is good enough this year that I do think the Big 12 winner will get in this year. Um, I do they have that. to go undefeated, though? I think they do. Unless it's unless you get like a – if you had a, you know, two undefeateds or you yeah. know, an Alabama-Georgia situation from last year. Um, and then we'll get to them when we talk about the ACC. But, um, hey, I'm just saying, like, uh, people don't sleep on the NC State Wolfpack this year either. There, There's going to be good odds there. They would have to go undefeated. Yeah, they'd have to win the whole thing. But NC State's going to be really good. Doran's done a really good job there. People make fun of him because he's boring. Who gives a shit? But, but if you very, win, winning, winning beats everything. They're very consistent. Yeah, they're going to be good. They got to win, what, three games? Miami, Florida State, and Miami, Florida State, and uh, Clemson? Yeah. And let's go. I mean, like, I think an undefeated Big Big 12 team, whoever that is, but there's a lot of talent. I mean, Oklahoma's going to be good. Oklahoma State's going to be good. Baylor's going to be good. Texas is going to be good. Um, same thing in the ACC um, with NC State. I think Clemson's going to be good. Are they back? I don't know. We'll see. I think Clemson's going to be good. Recent quick U client just added those guys. Uh, but Congratulations. I think, yeah, Clemson's going to be good. You put no stock into USC if they were to run the table in the Pac-12? I just don't. Who do they play out of conference this year? I would have Do they have a big game? Uh, I, I know Oregon. Oregon's going to have their shot. I mean, if Oregon can beat Georgia and then turn around, like Oregon you can't argue with, but who does USC play? I'm pulling up their schedule. I probably should have come a little bit more prepared for that. but No, it's all right. I know uh, like they played Alabama a couple of years ago and all that. but Hold on. I'm, I'm looking for it. But while you're, while you're doing that, I think it depends on who they play out of conference, if they get respect or not. All right, USC football this year. USC plays Rice. Nope. Stanford. Nope. Fresno State. No. Oregon State. No. Arizona State. No. Washington State. Utah. Arizona. Cal. Colorado. UCLA. Notre Dame. They don't play Oregon. They don't play Oregon. I guess if they they play Oregon in a so Pac twelve Pac twelve title mean, game. You got two games there. That are going to get like I don't think they're going to have enough juice. You're playing Utah and Notre Dame. God, no wonder he wanted to go take that job. Look at that schedule. Yeah, no wonder he don't want to go to the Big Ten. Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State, Utah, Arizona, Cal, Colorado, UCLA, Notre Dame. You play like two games. Two games. Utah and Notre Dame. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they have enough. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they they'll be undefeated, and if they score a bunch of points, they'll be up there. But I, I like the Big Twelve this year. You know, I like Ohio State. I like SEC. I like the Big Twelve. It may be a one SEC team this year. You know, unless you get, you know, there's just so much equity in the SEC. You know, it's going to be hard. Yeah. The the deal in the SEC though is if you get. A twelve, like just like last year, you get a twelve and one, or eleven and one beats the twelve and zero. Oh. Yeah, you got to have something like that. 
I mean, or you got to have like A and M losing to Alabama and then beating the mess out of everybody else. Yeah, you know, like a. But it's conceivable that both Alabama and Georgia go twelve and zero in the regular season and, and they play another SEC title game. That if they, if they both totally meaningless. Yeah, if they go twelve and zero, they're both in. But I just think there's a lot of I don't know. I just don't think there's as besides Alabama. I don't like last year. I felt like there were two dominant teams in the league, and this year I just I think there's more balance. I don't mean to make this. I know we're at, we're majority SEC, but. Um, I think there's going to be this is a one SEC uh, year, and I think you're going to get Ohio State an SEC team, a, a Big Ten team, a SEC team, Big Twelve, and ACC. By the way, speaking of uh, Big Ten, real quick, Kevin Warren today talked about the expanded playoff. He talked about further conference expansion. He did everything. He did absolutely nothing to close the door on further expansion, which tells you that the Big Ten will expand again. Notre Dame, yeah. Here's, yeah, they want them badly. <laughs> and then uh, he kind of went into it. I think he was forced to because Sankey was pretty frank at SEC Media Days a week ago. He was he was pretty honest about where the Big Ten stood in terms of playoff expansion. Basically, saying it's going to happen, but it's got to happen at the right time, and it's got to happen in a way that there are multiple media partners. It's his way of saying, we're not doing this without Fox coming along with us. We're not going to do something that's just ESPN. Fox is their only network, right? Yeah. Okay. For now. ABC? Didn't they used to do an ABC game? Uh, I don't know. All right. Go ahead. I mean, everyone's doing the streaming deals now. Like, you saw the NFL with NFL Plus, and everyone's doing things with Apple and Amazon. I just don't – you know, when has Fox ever ponied up? I'm just telling you, what's coming with the Big Ten, you're going to see ponying yeah, up. I know, but think about it, though. When they had Major League Baseball basically locked up. Now, there's, guess who's coming in? Apple's trying to come in and steal that. You know what I mean? Like, they've, you know, they had, I'll name all these sports. I mean, they've had everything. And, you know, they had, they had who? I mean, it was like CBS. They had the, they had the a NFL. Big partner with the NFL. Yeah, you know, big partner in the NFL. But, like, they always get, they take it from them. They always get it taken from. Yeah, they they have a run at the NBA and Disney and ESPN. I mean, they got ESPN, and ABC. They got sure. They got you know they got NIL money. You know, I just want to see Fox pony up for basically one league. They're they're going is is are they going to be able to do playoff expansion with, with representing one league? When you look at at ESPN, I mean, how many leagues do they have? They have they have the SEC, they have the ACC, they have um, all of. Uh, like all the group of five, every group of five deal. So they got like seven of the 10 conferences they represent. Yeah. And you got Fox that has what? Fox has uh, Big Ten and, and uh, they still got Big 12. They used to have Big 12. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's just, I, I want to see them. Are they going to be able, if you're going to this, they're representing seven of the 10 teams, seven of the 10 conferences, and you're representing one, what kind of, what kind of chunk are you coming to the table with to be a part of the expansion? That's my deal. I never knew Tyler Siski had so much animus towards the people at Fox Sports. Just never knew where this was coming from. Now Let me I've, tell you where it came from. Yeah. came because they, they were Fox Sports South, and they gave it away to Bally's, who took it off of YouTube <laughs> TV, so I can't watch the Braves. So I've been pissed for about a year and a half now. <laughs> I mean, the day before opening day, they take the Braves off of YouTube TV. So that's why I'm pissed. I can tell. I knew there was something personal there. Uh, Grind says Fox has the, the Pac-10, Pac-12 that is, that's right. Pac-12 After well. Dark. Yeah. That's right. 
No, I don't. I like they they drop NASCAR too. So that's two that's two strikes. You strike three. You 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 hold up playoff expansion. That's strike three, Fox. You know NASCAR. I mean the Braves. I mean what are we gonna do? We've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We will be back on Monday, Monday. next week. Uh, we'll come. We're gonna go do a Monday show, probably earlier in the day uh, than four because school starts back here in uh, in Oxford. School time, man. How about it's, that? Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. It's 95 degrees outside today, and we're starting school in just a few days. Insane. My wife went back to work the other day, and it's insane. But uh, speaking of, hey, Monster Guys, say thank you for the Monster Guys. They got us hooked up this weekend, UFC 277. I know you're jacked up for that, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you going to watch it? Um, we got to get you it's, watching. Uh, it's Billy uh, Salazar and um, Enrique. Um, oh, you're killing me, man. Enrique Collier going for the uh, World Super Welterweight championship so they got uh so bob ricardo at monster hooked hooked hook, hook me and my son up my son big mma fan so we're going down to dallas this weekend and uh got uh we're going to be like close enough to get blood on us so I'm, i won't is it in that. jerry world or is it where the, it's uh, american, american airlines american airlines center okay so i'm all i'm all fired first time i've been to a ufc fight watch every one of them on the weekend so we got nunez and pina too for the bantamweight i remember title. that the first one was just incredible they just i mean it's awesome, man. His elbow, I'll never forget that. It was unbelievable. It's, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm excited for you. Does your son know yet? Oh, yeah, I told him. He was... Uh, Is he jacked? Yeah, he he thought I was bullshitting him for a minute. Yeah. He was like, uh, whatever. And so I had to like... I was like, I let it go for a little bit, but then he, he, he got it figured out. So he's all fired up. We're flying out uh, flying out Friday. We'll be down there uh, Saturday. You know what else we're going to do Saturday? What's that? I'm, I'm juiced about this as well. Going to uh, the JFK deal. Oh, have you never been? Never been. Big JFK guy. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Yeah, I was. I started to tell you that, and then I was afraid you'd tell me I was a nerd. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm OCD about it. Yeah, no, it's it's well, it's it's really worth doing. Like you need to block out. How long does it take to do it? Probably the way you'll want to do it. Yeah, three hours. Okay, that's plenty of time. Some people do it real short, but it's like right down the road from the hotel. Yeah, it's real close. And uh, like, I mean, it's all within a you know block of range or so of the American Airlines Center. It's. It's one of those things that's kind of, um, I don't know what the word is. Like it's, there's, a, there's a soberness to it. There's a, a somberness to it when you're there. I mean, you realize that something really big happened in that spot. You know, yeah. I mean, like for our parents' generation, that was one of those, they all know exactly where they were yeah. when, when it happened. It was, their lives changed. I mean, you have. You have like our grandparents, you have, you know, Pearl Harbor, you have the JFK assassination for our parents and for us and our generation, it's 9-11, oh, right? absolutely. So you got, basically, it's one of the three days in the last hundred years, basically, that you know where you, you know, anybody knows where you were when that happened. You ever read the book, uh, Stephen King's eleven twenty two sixty three? Dude, oh man, we're fixing to get off on this. This is a whole nother podcast. All right, here we go. So <laughs> have you seen it on Hulu? Yes. Okay. I did. I don't, I'm not a reader. Shocker. Okay. I'm from Alabama, Alabama education, but this show. You should read the book. Yeah, but, I, but, no, but I've but, read but, five uh, books in my life, and Boxcar Children yeah, but, in third grade yeah, but was this, one of them. The, this book, they did a good job on Hulu, okay? They did a good job on Hulu. I'm just telling you, the book is, at minimum, five times better than the Hulu series. Yeah, but I can't, I don't know, it's just me. 
you know, I'm the guy, I have a master's degree. I'm telling you, I have a master's degree I'm, and I read five books. I'm just telling you, this is a book that you'll read anyway. I can you, name them to you. You won't be <laughs> <laughs> like, you have more books right there than I've read in my entire life. It's a book that you, you will not have a hard time. You will, you will, you have a hard time putting it down. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing book and it actually does more. It does. It has more at the end of it where, um, Stephen King talked to a lot of historians about what would have happened in an alternate universe where the assassination of Kennedy wasn't successful, where he survived it, where it was stopped. And it's interesting. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, I, I'm all in. Like, I love that alternate timeline kind of stuff. Sure. You know, that's the extent of my sci-fi uh, that I like. But uh, that and uh, have you have you watched For All Mankind on Apple? I've not. Do you have Apple TV? Yes. All right. That's your next show. Okay. It's the same kind of deal. It's alternate timeline stuff if the space race never stopped between the United States and Russia. Really cool. Oh, that is. Okay. Yeah. So if you're in the stream, dude, you got you y'all got to check out, um, <laughs> you know, those. Brennan says Siski went to college and high school in Alabama. He doesn't know how to read. I just, I can't argue that. <laughs> I do know how to recruit though. I know how to score points. I know how to recruit. I can't. I can't help you if you get your car breaks down or anything like if that. If you ever get a chance, it's a book worth reading. I'm excited though. Did you go to the? Do you actually go in the? Yeah. Like on the sixth floor, there's a museum. I heard. That, yes, right? you can. You get. They've got the 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 sniper's nest glassed off, but you can get fairly close to it. And you get like chills and stuff. I mean, is this yeah, one of those deals. Yeah. If especially if you're like me and that's a topic that fascinates you. Like it's, it, I had like I did a deal with it in high school about it. I, I mean, I'm all in. Every November, I watch the stuff on History sure, Channel, the sure. whole deal. I've watched the movies. I've watched everything. Yeah, you get a pretty good look from that perspective of now. What you, what I don't know, and I'm sure they could tell you there. They do a really good job there. Like, obviously, trees grow. Trees don't stop right. with history. You know how how different is the sight line today than it was, it was 1963? Right. I don't I don't know the answer to that, but there I guarantee you there are people there who do. Um, they they have a lot of programs there. I don't know whether there'll be a program there that day, and you might not have time for that. But they 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 did a lot of stuff in um, I guess 2013 when it was the 50th anniversary. And, right. You know, and some of the people who witnessed that, you know, were still alive then, and some of them are still not, alive now. Not, not many, not many, but to listen to them talk about it. Like there were these, you know, the, you see the young family that they're down on the, on the, on the area where they're staring right at it. And, you know, they all get down. Well, those two little boys are, yeah, they're grown. Yeah. And then, well, they're 60, grown. 60 years old now, but they still remember it. And I've seen interviews with them. And so they have a lot of that, that, um, if you have time, I think that, you know, like I think they have it now interactive where you can go watch some of that and stuff. And it's, Really fascinating. So one of my favorite of all, you know, all the interviews we did in home visit when we did the podcast, I interviewed David Beatty. Okay. So yeah. David was the former head coach at Kansas. Yeah. Okay. He's now the receivers coach for one of the USFL teams, Houston Gamblers. Uh, very inter- like, And so I didn't know this. And so I'm calling him up. I, I talked to him. He actually reached out to me um, during the season because I was talking about how Kansas tried to get out from underneath his contract. And I was pissed off. He's like, hey, I, he, he reaches out. I was like, hey, I heard your podcast interview. I appreciate you taking my back. So we just start talking. I was like, yeah, I need to get you on sometime. Mm-hmm. And so we just start talking. And, and you know, I go down, any, anything interesting or anything crazy? He's like, well, you know, my my dad uh, 
was there when Lee Harvey Oswald got shot. And I'm like, what do you mean he was there? He goes, like, my dad put him on the gurney. And I was like, uh, excuse me. And, and so immediately I'm just, I'm in. In that epic shot of seeing Jack Ruby yeah, his, shoot him. So his dad is right behind Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. I mean, you can see him. You can see his face in the in the screen. Yeah. One of the most interesting conversations I've ever had with a human being because how much, how I'm interested in it so much and then how he just, it was part of his life growing up. You know, and his dad passes early when he was very young and, um, and he tells him this, and he tells a story, so I'm not telling anything out of turn here, but he tells a story that his mother told him. So the, he couldn't remember if it was the day that his, cause he was very young. If it was the day that his dad died or if it was when they came over to his house or when, you know, the day of the funeral, I couldn't remember, but he said people showed up at his house, took his mother in the back room and then they left. His mother then called the, called him and all the kids in and said, if anybody ever asks you what happened, you just tell them there was one shooter. And then she had Alzheimer's and she passed oh, a few years ago and there was a moment of clarity. And he said they, right when she was passing, she asked all the kids to come in. And then one of the last things she told them is if anybody ever asked you, you just tell them there was one shooter. Like, I'm in. Oh, wow. I'm in. It gives me chills thinking about it. Um, but just uh, uh, him growing up with that, I mean, just and now getting to know him and just a good dude too. But um, just one of the most fascinating conversations I've ever had with a human being. Well, good. I look forward to uh, talking to you about it when you get back. It's I've been to that site I don't know, four or five times. It's 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 it it's just one of those historic places. It's like when you it's and it, Ford's Theater was this way, except. That was a hundred years earlier, yeah. and that had been sort of reef done. Yeah, I've been there. I did you know, that. I mean, it's not the actual. It's different because you just don't. You wasn't there when it. You don't. There wasn't enough media coverage, or well, and and they had you know that building where Lincoln was killed changed a lot, right. and then they recreated it. Right. What you see in Dallas was not recreated. It's what it was. They they knew that was such a historic spot that it never like reopened. They never re- reopened the sixth floor on, you know, and just started business as usual. I mean, selling school books. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you'll enjoy that. So I'll look forward to hearing that from you yep. again. Uh, we've been brought to you by Rain. One more time, the people at Rain, kind enough to uh, sponsor the show. I know a lot of you have. Please reach out to them on Instagram. Make sure that you tell them how much you appreciate making uh, this show possible. 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. So for Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. Until Monday, thanks for being in the stream. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you would. And uh, we'll talk to you again Monday as we get closer and closer to football season. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.